You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Shatrice and Louise. Hello and welcome back, Courting Cuties, to another episode of Courting in Color. I'm Shatrice. Hey, y'all. I'm Louise. Yes, Louise, tell the cuties, what have you been up to as of late? Um, so I've been very tired at work. I don't know what it is. I'm so sleepy right now. <laughs> I was like, you're sleepy right now. I just, actually, so you know what, now, you know what it is. I think it's less tired and more so just like, I really can't focus right now. So I mm-hmm. will just have bouts of like, um, moments where I just like, don't focus or like, I'm on my phone too much. Like, I just can't. I, I'm just very jittery, I think, is like the, is the good word for it. But I was a little bit better today. Do you think it's the amount of coffee that you drink? No. So I've actually been trying to cut back. I've been not doing iced coffees for actually, like I do a very, maybe like once a week where I used to do them every day. Um, yeah. I think it's actually helped my body a lot more. And I think because I'm sleeping early as opposed to like staying up late, waking up early and then needing a nice coffee. Um, mm. Yeah. So no, I've been, I don't think it's the coffee, but. Okay. Well, hopefully you get your jitters situated (laughs) and your, you know, Mm -hmm. office environment does not contribute to any jitteration, gyration, let's dancing, any exhaustion, hateration, all of them, because Mary said we cannot have that. So we cannot have that in your office either. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm trying to think. I So what I shouldn't have done, which I did do before we started recording, was try to remove some wall, some more walls <laughs> and like I'm getting tired because oh. my allergies just started like revving up really bad because there's hella dust in here and so are you like, not wearing a mask while you do all that well not this time because I was like oh like I was like I have like 70 minutes what can I do with the 70 minutes and I was yeah. like okay I've been staring at this like project let me just tackle it and so like I'm like looking at my leg because I may have scratched it. A very small scratch. But I was I'm like, I'm not. I know. I know. Like, wasn't I supposed to learn a lesson or something? But I was like, okay, I can just do this real quick and careful. But those two words don't really go together. So, <laughs> you know, just a little scrapey scrape over here. But yeah, I mean, I had a Galentine's Day <laughs> celebration last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last Friday, and it was so much fun, and all the girls came out. I think it was, it was like almost twenty of us, and so I was like, Yay! "I saw the photo. That looked really cute." I so, know, and that wasn't even everybody. Oh my gosh! So my question to you: Do you recommend, as someone who has not had a virtual cooking class or taken one, do you recommend one? Okay, let me tell you how stressed I was. It's a virtual cooking class. You just got to let the team like, like it was too much. Like it Aww. was fun like the environment was fun and the chef like Marlene she's so fun but like literally I was like I've been to a cooking class in person and for whatever reason I felt like I you know what maybe I'm misremembering maybe I also wasn't keeping up in the real class because I just felt like I was very behind she was like okay get your like pots ready I had my pot (laughs) on the stove I didn't have the water boiling so then when we were time it was time to dump the potatoes my water was just warming up (laughs) well and I would say probably probably in person you do feel better because I'm sure as like the cook you're kind of keeping an eye on people but when you're on zoom right right it's like kind of yeah it's like, does everyone see what I'm doing? And we're like, oh, wait, hold on. Go back. <laughs> it, was, 
so funny. So we were oh, making. Did you record it? That would have been fun. <laughs> I didn't. I thought I thought about it like after the fact. Yeah. One of the last things we made was the red velvet French toast, and when I tell oh. you that Ooh. shit was so funny. Now do you remember we were... the recipe? I do. I do. Now do I remember how to make it successfully? Eh, because like basically we were all burning the shit out of our toast. <laughs> like everyone's toast was burnt. But I we practiced some more because she had us buy a whole brioche loaf. And so Ooh. I have so much brioche bread. So I've been practicing and I'm like, oh, I think this is what I was supposed to do. I think I yeah. overdunked my bread. So it was both burnt and raw. Uh-huh. <laughs> so well, I was like, oh, that's how that happens. That's oh, not great. And it looks really easy to make um, French toast. I don't know how to do it. My partner always makes it. So I'm just kind of like, I get to eat it, take the photo and post it on my food Instagram. Um, French toast is basically bread and eggs, right? And eggs and cream and sugar and fried, mm. pan fried or baked, which is what I want to try to do. Yeah. So with the pan fried, is supposed to be like a quick pan fry or like a slow pan fry? Because that's what always fucks me up is I always want things fast. Whereas like yeah. I recently learned with grilled cheese, it's better to slowly <laughs> warm up. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to take about like, 10 minutes to make grilled cheese. Well, because I was going to say, I feel like frying is the antithesis of slow like if that makes sense like why would you if you want like i feel like the the point of frying things is to have it expeditiously expeditious that's the word of the pod we didn't have one last week so we're gonna have one okay there we go (laughs) very quick (laughs) (laughs) um and so but obviously not a chef ultimately ultimately the goal was for me to be able to take a pic for the gram (laughs) that I made and I was able to accomplish that I burnt maybe like two pieces of bread and those breads are like thick because it's like you know yeah yeah Yeah. and so I burned a couple of those but I finally got one piece of bread right and I was like we're done we're taking a picture (laughs) and so so it was funny though because we were all like okay we're gonna like keep everyone keep practicing I was like but here's the thing when I practice making bread I will then eat the bread. And yes. I was like cackling because we were just talking about like thinking about carbs. And I was like, I'm literally sitting here just eating <laughs> like a whole loaf of bread. Oh, listen, carbs are I good. Like, I can't, I can't make this every day, even though I want to so bad. Cause I'm like, I know if I practice, it'll be really good. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I can't just sit here and eat bread all day, which is really sad. <laughs> I mean, you could. That's why we adults. Right. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I could. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, Speaking yes. of food and adulting things, can I talk about my adulting moment for this week? Yes, please do. Okay. It's actually in the form of a question. Uh, my okay. question to Patrice and the cuties. What is the difference between dark kidney beans and light red kidney beans? Dark red kidney beans and light red kidney beans. I thought you were going to at least say dark chocolate and milk chocolate. <laughs> like, no, girl. Like, dark skin a- boys, <laughs> light skin guys. <laughs> well, uh, no, because so this recipe I have, it's for chili. It was like, just get a can of kidney beans or get a can of red kidney beans. I was like, uh-huh. perfect. Then I go to the grocery store and there's dark red kidney beans and light red kidney beans. What is the difference? Well, and so this is my adulting moment these are things that they teach you because it's like the same thing when you buy canned tomatoes do you buy canned crushed tomatoes canned diced tomatoes canned cubed tomatoes there's like five thousand tomato options that is very true i was like just that is very true someone tell me like what bean i need and i'm sure someone's (laughs) i'm sure like someone's grandma or mima like knows the difference but i'm like i don't 
like someone's grandma or Mima is probably using whatever bean they have in their pantry and That's not worrying true. about it. Can we <laughs> not just have like two beans? I would like black and baked. <laughs> this is baked. <laughs> are those real beans? I don't even know if that's a type of bean. I think they're Remember, like a bean. Are. Aren't they? Aren't they like the is brown beans? Isn't it? I don't, I don't know. Because I don't. Okay. So one reason why I couldn't answer your question is because I don't really like beans. Like I'm just oh. now. Yeah. I'm just now as an adult. Shout out to Moe's actually. <laughs> I'm just now getting into beans. Patrice so is the queen of Moe's. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh wait, not Moe's. Yes, Moe's. You used to have oh, the yes. app. And you would just walk it. Let me tell you, when we would, when we live on the mountain and we'd go get Moe's, Chatrice would just go with me to get salsa, <laughs> which was, you know, hey, <laughs> I love it. And or she'd have me bring her friend. some salsa. salsa yes. and you gotta get these because they have some really good sauces and they, you know they'll usually have more of them and actually maybe this is my adulting oh my gosh did you know have you do you remember watching the show extreme couponer or like heard of it or whatever yes 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 both like yes, early aughts yeah so one thing that they did a lot on that show was like rain stack checks like oh. well stack the coupons yes mm-hmm. And rain checks, if the store okay. didn't have the thing that they had all the coupons for, sure. they could get a rain check to say, like, I want this discount later because y'all didn't have it. And oh. I've never, yeah, yeah. And I've never in my life done that until last weekend <gasps> for salsa. <laughs> so what does that mean? What does rain check even mean? Oh. Okay, yes, I'll tell you exactly what it means via Kroger or, you know, check your, check the rules of your local grocery store. But for mine out here, I was going to do my regular shopping, whatever, and I wanted this salsa, this salsa, this really good salsa that's in the produce section. I just like, it was on sale one day and I randomly got it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like I literally ate like two things of salsa in a very short amount of time. But anyway, I used it in multiple recipes. It's fine. So I was like, okay, next time I go back, I'll definitely get some. And this was the second time I went back to that store. They did not have any um, any salsa. Like it was still marked as on sale, but there wasn't any salsa. And I was like, wait, so you're saying multiple people like the same salsa as me? What the fuck? So then I was like, wait, extreme couponers. I can go find a manager and ask them if I can get this deal, this buy one, get one free deal later if you want something and it's on sale but the store doesn't have it make sure you go to the front desk or find a manager to give you a little rain check they'll write you out like a little card or whatever and then you come back yes you come back later and redeem it and you have to like give it to them yeah wow that was my adulting thing (laughs) adulting pro tips i'm figuring out kidney beans to trees is a coupon queen i love it well and honestly like these last couple of times because i bought so much stuff because i was like buying the groceries for like the cooking class and like you know what actual groceries and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i was like i am almost like i'm 90 percent committed to not buying anything full price like i really want to try to like start being cognizant of like buying things on when they're on sale yeah so yeah that's well yeah. you know um i think i hear a knocking oh yes it's a cutie knocking at the door yes let us let go answer let's go answer and see okay i am super excited we have our first guest cutie of season three is that right louise i think so yeah 
Yay! Okay. Our, I was like, oh, what are the days? Our very first guest of season three, we talk about her and reference her a lot on this podcast. So you've probably heard us say like, oh, well, we'll just ask Kate about this or Kate knows or Kate does this and that. Kate bakes amazing desserts and has sent me some cookies and I was supposed to share with Louise and I did not. You know, just Kate, Kate, Kate. Spoiler. <laughs> Not twist, I ate them all. Um, but yes, welcome, welcome, Kate. Now, you know, for this episode, we are going to be relying heavily on your expertise. So is it Dr. Kate, Dr. O? Like, what do you want us to call you? Ooh, that is a good question because yeah. I think my clients and my students have multiple names for me. So um, love it. Hi, y'all. Um, I'm I'm Dr. Kate, Dr. Katie, Dr. O, Dr. Ohini. Ooh, um, I love all the options. How did we come to know each other? We all did we all work at the same place at the same time, or was it okay? I was like, yeah. I had truly memories. <laughs> I'm like, we, I don't know, we just know Patrice each other. Would, um, Patrice would forget about us as soon as we leave them out. No! Never, 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 never. Well, but yes, I, I'm like, yeah, how did we like actually like meet is what I'm like, yeah. trying to think about. Um, so I met Patrice first. I met you first at this like Black History Month event. And that, that was my first right. <laughs> venturing out um, where we worked. Mm. Because I was like, I need to meet more people, like yeah. especially Black people <laughs> that work here. So um, I went to an event and you sat next to me and introduced yourself like so bubbly. <laughs> and I was like, who is this person? She's talking to me and she's like getting my number. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Like I'll hang. And I remember going <laughs> home that night. And at the time my partner and I were long distance. So I called him. I was like, I have a friend. And he was like, who is your friend? Who do you know? Um, and I was like, there's a black woman at work. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Um, That's awesome. Then, yeah, so that was how we met. And then Louise, I think we met through Jordan, mm-hmm. who worked at the counseling center while I was there. And so, um, and then I like, <laughs> I think jokingly told Jordan, I was like, well, now I'm friends with these people. So, you know, thanks for, you know, pushing me to get out there. Because he was yeah. the one that was like, you need to go to these events and then introduce me to Louise. So that's how I met y'all <laughs> when we were living in the mountain area. Yes, in the mountain. Oh, all the, you know, I will say for what it's worth, some really great people get dragged and forced and voluntarily find their way to the mountain. <laughs> like, and, you know, some, we stay for various amounts of times, but it's always lovely to meet fabulous people like you, Kate. And so we know a little bit about you. Now, I'm going to ask about your relationship status, which obviously me and Louise know, but generally speaking, Think about these questions, generally speaking, like who do you typically date or who would you have yeah. typically dated if you were like fully, you know, out on these streets? <laughs> oh, yes, that's a good question. Um, I'm not out in these streets anymore. Um, <laughs> very happily yeah. so by my partner. We are engaged. Um, however, yeah. however, if I was not um, <laughs> and my track record, I was thinking about this the other day because I knew. I was going to ask this question and I was thinking about like college experience. I think that was like the most dating and then into grad school before I met my partner currently. I, any guy um, was just, if you were in my way and I looked your way and you looked mine, I was like, Ooh. we're down. Um, so it Locked was a cultural experience in college. Yes. Um, like how often did you swirl? 
ooh, <laughs> too many times. I was like, I was like a, I was like the Catholic, the quintessential stereotypical Catholic schoolgirl who didn't really do much until senior prom. And then I went to yeah. college in Philadelphia and was like, let's oh. go. And Philadelphia. <laughs> and like Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I went to such college. a great city to like just <laughs> bust it up. let my <laughs> fly. And then yes. even when I was in college too, I realized that I was not only attracted to men. Um, mm. And so that was kind of like the first time I realized it. And I think, you know, the internalized homophobia was really sitting mm-hmm. because I was like, eh, no <laughs> um, didn't want to admit it and then grad school gratefully was a place that I could feel like okay like this is me um and still was kind of like not really out until I was in a relationship with Ben and I was like I need you to know that like I like multiple genders and he's like cool 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 whatever you want but you're with me and I was like okay. <laughs> right, like just so <laughs> you know <laughs> you know and so like even in my professional life I hadn't been out until last year really Oh, really? Um, yeah, in my professional life. And I think part of that was like African culture also kind of being like, I don't want to be out. I don't want my family to know. If they listen to this, they'll know now. So they'll <laughs> see. You're welcome. Well, and um, do you mind sharing like, you know, racially, ethnically, you know, where is the, where are you yeah. from? How do you identify? For sure. I identify truly as African-American. I am a child of immigrants. My parents are from Ghana. West Africa, so majority of my family lives out there. They live in Europe or other places. So a lot of international fam. And so Ghanaian culture is something that's very important to me. I grew up in a household where my parents do speak different languages. Um, English is the official language of Ghana, but different dialects. Like my mom speaks three or four different dialects and like constantly wow. switches. Like the woman is <laughs> insane with languages. Like even when I was learning Spanish in high school, she like learned with me because she's like, let's just figure it out like let's just do it somebody (laughs) um so (laughs) I grew up in this great cultural household and I feel like as I got older I got like really closer to my culture like my parents didn't require us to speak their language but as I got older I was like I feel like I need to kind of learn a little bit more so I fully understand my dad's dialect but um don't speak it fluently (laughs) but I try when I can and he's been really grateful and like kind of teaching me and trying to speak with me um so yeah, like I, I know like black folks don't always like identify as African, but for me, it's like full ingrained. It is where I'm from. I can draw the lineage um, to the yes. for me. Um, and that's so really- beautiful. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, and so you mentioned, obviously your current relationship status is that you are engaged. <laughs> and <laughs> truly... Um, Louise and I cannot, you know, wait to be broadcasting live from, <laughs> like, day five of your wedding. Yeah, <laughs> like, you right, know day that. five. Like, that, that's, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm preparing for that. Just let so me know. We are, we, are doing, we are doing a one-day deal because. Oh, oh you are. Okay. Well, okay. We always have, like, our own imaginations of what. You can come is. early and be with the family because the whole family okay. will be here. So if you want to come out here and just be in the culture, I will not do that. Yes. <gasps> I won't. There will be multiple aunties. There will be multiple things happening, and I will be stuck in the middle of it. So, um, my, but yeah, my question are. is: Who will be making the rice dish and the bread dish? Ooh, okay. Where's the jollof? <laughs> Listen, the jollof rice. So my mom's my mom's jollof for me is the bomb. Like 
hands down. Love when she makes it. Like nobody can beat mom's jalap. But I have two aunties who make jalap as well. One of them will probably bring jalap in Ziploc bags. I I know she will. I, I love color. I love. We will literally like next to that. Like we will cross like nation states with food. I like yes. I love it. I love it. No, like, it's, like, the it's, thing. So... it's the same thing when my family comes back from Mexico. Like we will literally be like, close, fuck it. But we are taking this queso fresco across this border. <laughs> right. And y'all are getting fresh queso fresco with your quesadillas. I love it. It's now speaking of our people, speaking of our culture, how many hours late should I be <laughs> to your <laughs> wedding? <laughs> If it was, if I was marrying another African man, I'd be like, listen, we might start an hour or so later, but I am marrying into a white family. Oh, oh that's true. That's so true. Ooh, they're so, very on time, even earlier. Very, very on time. And my dad actually is very on time. Like he oh. said, okay. I'm walking you down the aisle when the invitation says. So if somebody's <laughs> not here, that's on them. Right. <laughs> yes. Whoever is standing next, whoever's standing next to me at this time is going to get walked down the aisle. <laughs> now, it can be you. With you, Kate. <laughs> whoever it is, you like, your brother, I'm taking them down. Like, I'm married yes. into a white family, so we will need to be on time. Okay. Okay. You know what? Um, and I'm glad you told me this now. Because, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Um, so, that. yeah, we're, we're, we're running on that time because I was like, oh, gosh. Every African, we went to a wedding in Ghana. This is when I was younger. Tell me why the groom was two hours late. <gasps> the bride was like three hours late. We were oh, sitting okay. in the hot sun. And I was oh, just no. like, mom, what is this? She's like, this is how it is, baby. This is how, this is how we do. But what do you do for like 120 right. minutes of like just <laughs> sitting? <laughs> as, a, as a child, I was just supposed to be seen and not heard. I wasn't the person growing up that like envisioned you know what my wedding would look like i was just mm-hmm. gonna like i'll get there one day because i wasn't the girl in high school or grade school that was like seen as the most beautiful and was dating all the time like so i didn't envision myself with that until basically grad school when people were like you're hot let's date and let's do it that was the only guy in portland so i was dating in portland oregon i was like which portland okay great yeah which was different than philadelphia because philadelphia i was like these men are ratchet as hell and <laughs> i will do whatever i'm not trying to find a long-term person here <laughs> yeah but in portland when i when i moved there it was it's mostly white so who i was dating like it just changed and it shifted and i was like well i don't want to be lonely so i'm going to open myself up a little bit more and most of the men too out there were like, oh, you're in grad school, you're getting a doctoral degree, you're too smart for me. I was like, I don't have time for this bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I am a good mm-hmm. person. And Ben was the first guy who like, yeah, cool, that sounds good to me. Like super chill. Like mm. I basically gave him a clinical interview on our first date. <laughs> you know, everything. Mental health, health. Hashtag whatever. dating a therapist. <laughs> right? And he just, he just sat there and answered all the questions. And I asked him the other day about it. I was like, what did you think about me on the first day? He was like, I liked you. Like, you were really fun. And he was like, it's very clear that you have particular things that you want a partner to have. And so I just went with it. Like, he's like the chillest person Mm -hmm. um, to my neurotic way. So that kind of helped a little bit. 
Well, Kate, you have um, given us so much that I really want to follow up on, but I'm like, okay, let me try to stay on topic because I have questions about, you know, interracial dating, long distance dating. I feel like you've experienced a lot, even just with, I don't know if you've experienced it with other partners, but even with Mm -hmm. you and Ben, I feel like y'all have had like a lot of different facets of of your relationship, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. And it'll probably come come in throughout the conversation. But you mentioned, you know, obviously that you were... um, in therapist mode, kind of on your first day. And so mm-hmm. thinking about that, tell us about your like specialty and also tell us some of the questions that you ask. <laughs> yes. tell, tell us what you do and how you do it. And so I uh, too can ask these questions. Of course, <laughs> yes, you need this too. Um, so my specialty is actually within college mental health and specifically with black um, and non-black people of color. So I love college mental health. I love working with young adults. It's just my thing, it's my jam. Um, so I do a lot of that work and specifically with black and brown folks um, and then decreasing mental health stigma within those communities because typically college is the first time if a, if a black or brown person has access to college um, when they're coming in, that's the first time that maybe they're introduced to mental health unless they went to like a really bougie school potentially <laughs> um, or had really, really, really like aware parents at the time. And so this is their first entry into it. And a lot of the time it's like, I got to pray, I can't go. Um, and so I think when they see black therapists, Latinx therapists, Asian identified therapists, native therapists, when they come in, they're like, oh, there's maybe somebody that can relate to my experience. And so mm-hmm. that's a lot of the work that I do through like educational, like outreach programming is like breaking down the barriers of mental health stigma, figuring out how do we allow these people to access our care um, in a trusting way. So that's kind of a lot of the work um, that I do. Yes, I love that, which, you know, makes sense into how we met. Um, (laughs) And so how much of, I mean, so you're dealing with young adults, that's Mm -hmm. hormones and finals and life transitions, threesomes and life transitioning. Oh, yes. I'm assuming threesomes are happening, maybe. (laughs) um, (laughs) Okay, great, great. (laughs) I'm so old at this point. Do they, do the kids still have threesomes? I don't know. Um, but like, how much does like dating and relationship topics come up in your in your work? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that it comes up, um, I want to say like a good 50% of the time. A lot of what comes up is like academic distress and anxiety. Um, but then there's a lot of relationship distress that comes in. Either they've had a breakup in college, it was their first love. They are looking to date multiple people are coming out for the first time and trying to date that there's been a lot of that in the last couple of years the last three or four years of my work is that students will come out and they're like well now I want to date so how how do I yeah. do this like okay let's figure <laughs> this out together um, yeah. so we're like managing or helping them with the coming out process but then also like how do you date in a community that feels really different to you or you feel like you're distanced from um yeah. and so I think it comes up quite a lot and sometimes it'll come off like, I mean, I like the questions that you've been asked, like in this document, because it comes off as anxiety, because you're just mm. sitting there kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I do want this kind of deeper connection more than a friend. I want a different level of intimacy, even if it's not sexual intimacy, you just want yeah. romance, yeah. Um, because people identify differently. So I think for college students, it's re- it comes up quite a bit. And sometimes like, what will come up at the surface is like, I have all these anxiety symptoms, I have anxiety. And then as we get to know each other and we're, we're in therapy, the relationship stuff comes up. 
Right. And um, it's really unique and it's really great work. And I love doing it with young adults because I think that they're, there's a motivation for change. There's a motivation to do something about it there. You know, when you're in therapy and you're ready to do it, the amount of things that can happen um, is beautiful and wonderful. So I, I feel really honored to be part of that process. That's taken so long yeah. to be part of it, but it comes up a lot. They, they okay. talk about it. So, you know, therapist slash dating coach, you know, relationship expert is, I'm just going to give you all the time. Can I add one thing real quickly to um, Kate is like any of the anxiety also tied to like what's going on socially, right? So their friends are starting to date or yes. dating. Mm. I think in college, like I really relate to your story, um, Kate, in some way, because it's like, I wasn't dating in college. Like I was kind mm. of on like the hookup apps, but not really. Like I yeah. wasn't dating mm-hmm. way after college, but I remember especially as a theater kid, like going to cast parties and people were like hooking up and in relationships mm-hmm. and there was drama. And I was like, here's little old me with a, a crush on a guy who like also is like out here in these streets. And I'm just kind of like, that mm-hmm. was, that I did not feel like anyone related to me because everyone was dealing with yeah. very visceral, physical manifestations mm-hmm. of their mm-hmm. desire for intimacy. intimacy mm-hmm. whereas, he, whereas for me, I was just dealing with like my own, I guess, emotional yeah. desire for intimacy that mm-hmm. is manifested as a crush yeah oh yeah I think that comes up like the first crushes come up I think regardless of how somebody identifies sexually but I think for like my LGBTQIA <laughs> clients and students what will come up is like it's a crush and then they're kind of like they're like testing me a little bit <laughs> in therapy they're like you know I have a crush on this person and I'm like mm-hmm go ahead. Right. And like, we're just trying to like open it up, but their friends are dating. So they're like, Oh, am I supposed to engage in this kind of like social norm, Mm -hmm. especially in college, which is to date and to like fall in love and have sex and like do all of these things that maybe they did in high school or maybe they didn't. Um, you know, and I think sometimes it's a little nerve wracking because they see everyone else around them doing it. And then when it's, they feel like it's their turn. They're like, oh, I'm finally ready. People are finding me attractive. I find other people attractive. They're like, oh, what do I do? I've never done this before. <laughs> See, and of- now that makes me think that maybe I should have had a therapist in college. <laughs> I definitely yeah. had that moment. I yeah. had that moment of like, wait, 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 what do I do? People find me attractive. Like people were like, you know, asking me for my number. Like, this is not my norm. Yes. I- they got with everybody like I don't know I, was there, I mean even in college when like I wasn't really like dating dating I was like hooking up and I would just yeah. like turn to my my best friend um my, my two best friends one African-American and one Filipino like the three of us were trying to navigate these things and we'd be dancing at parties and then we'd be like oh this person's into me like what do we do like all of these Weird how things. high are the heels how short does my skirt get to be like <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you I was just like <laughs> Let me, let's just get into it. Cause I was just yes. like, you know what? If I can be a thought, I'm going to be a thought. In well, my- and we had time to make up for it because allegedly people date and do all the things in high school. <laughs> like, That's I was, the thing. I was like, so oblivious and innocent and clueless. Like yes. I was like, oh, people were sexing each other. <laughs> like Sending body parts to body like, parts. I remember, like, I remember in high school what? we were talking about that, like. Yes. and like all of those things too all those things people yeah. were like it was like the secret stuff and I was the person that people would tell the drama to like people would be like I'd overhear it 
Yes. And I think it was because I was a perpetually single, not dating friend. Or also mm. too, you know, all, all three of us are very curvy and voluptuous. And so I think there's also yes. this expectation of like, you know, kind of like fat people, bigger bodies, curvy mm-hmm. bodies, however we're defining it, are this kind of like, ooh, you're that caring person. We're the supporting actor. We're like the, in yeah, our own yeah. like the, like, the fat friend and all the rom-coms. Yes. So, She's like, girl, so, I have advice for you, honey. Right? <laughs> like always coming in. She's so sassy. <laughs> I, was, I was that friend and it wasn't yeah. until college when it switched a little bit. Mm. And I was like, a look, I was like hot to some people. And we would like go to, the, there's this one bar we would go to and I would just dance with whoever would want to dance with me. Okay. And I just remember feeling like so powerful, like yes. a woman of color, curvy woman of color, like in Philadelphia, like, oh yes, all these men. I can only imagine the Woo. treasure, the treat that you were to the Philadelphians. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Listen, it was city, it was city of brotherly love. So yeah, know. they had to it love was, on Kate. I love it. Was, it. I let it happen. I was like, love up on this, and then I left. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. I was like, hey, yeah. I'm out. And but it was good. I think that like it broke this like these stereotypes, these, the patriarchy, the virginity stuff. Like once that was like something that I could just let go of a little bit more, mm-hmm. it allowed me to explore. It allowed me to feel like okay, maybe I can be attractive. I still had the anxieties. I still had the yeah. things that came up for me, but I'm I'm so glad that I had the closer group of friends that I have. My best friend mm-hmm. went in like hands down, like all the time. Like when we think about college and the things that we did, we we're like, how did, how did we do this? We saw parties, <laughs> multiple people were coming. We were dancing on every guy. I was like, what were we doing? And she was like, we're living our best life. I was like, yes. you know what? I'm glad we had it. I hope yes. when I have kids, they feel like they can do that too. Yeah. Oh, you're um, gonna be such a cool mom. <laughs> like that's just awesome. You. One of the well, and kind of. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things too, like similar to Shatrice, like I wish I would have gone to a therapist, like in college, um, because it's actually so funny talking about the crush thing. I remember the first and only time I went to my only first first and only therapy session in college was because dealing with some boy drama for the first time. But Mm -hmm. because there were no out queer or queer affirming therapists at my college, I just kind of talked in very ambiguous Mm. ways, which obviously prohibited like the counselor who was seeing me to give me like full care and kind of help me out. But I'm, Mm -hmm. I was going to say really quickly, like, I'm so glad like you are where you are. And just even if students are testing you, because I think, you know, queer people of color, like everyone does it to an extent, right? Especially those of us most minoritized. We're trying to kind of feel you out and see what you respond. But I'm Mm -hmm. so glad Mm -hmm. that like, students have you and like people have you who like have definitely that place yeah. of you. affirmation definitely because you. you're yeah. fucking awesome um and so we're kind of I think like we're kind of in that like beginning exploration phase of dating and so kind of related to that where do you think people's dating anxieties like come from like where, where do they originate because yeah. kind of to what you're saying it's like well, like y'all are now thinking I'm hot. Like, what does this mean? What do I do with it? Like, mm-hmm. how do we become these bundles of like insecurity and anxiety and yeah. just anxious daters? Of course. I, th- I think I thought about this a lot today because I think <laughs> a lot of it kind of stems from one, just generalized anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think to like drop a little bit of bio knowledge on y'all. Um, Love it. So, According right, to you, so, take out your notebooks right now. <laughs> right, like. Everybody take notes. Classes in session, there's a pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, 
basically, so our amygdala, which is in our temporal lobe, it's like in the middle part of our brain is our fear response. So they hold emotions, fear response. And when it's like turned on, right? Like when we are scared, right? when you watch a scary movie or something scary is happening, you run away from it. That's what you want to do. But with anxiety, what it tells you is like, everything is scary. You're super insecure. The anxious thoughts, like you're not a good person. You're not beautiful. Like all those things that maybe were there and present in when you were younger and now coming up for you as an adult. And then what ends up happening is your prefrontal cortex, which is like in charge of, you know, yes, this part and functioning and decision-making and like allowing you to be like, yes, I'm going to go on this date and I'm going to do my thing shuts down with anxiety. Mm. And so I think that is like the core. So we understand what anxiety is at its base and at its core. And then now let's add in some childhood bullying and some trauma. Mm. Let's add in some, parents even though parents are great they kind of say things and do things right that will say like oh you shouldn't be wearing that or why are you acting that way or I want you to be Mm -hmm. this kind of person and so it kind of like forms a little bit and then when you get to college or even before then or after that people are looking at you like hey you're attractive and you're like I don't know what to do because I have all these anxious thoughts and it's shutting down the place that I can basically say yes to right? Or you've been rejected in the past because you had this major crush on somebody and maybe they were giving some mixed signals. Like, let's call it out. Sometimes people like right. just like to flirt and are, yes. I'm just a flirty person. No, that's not helpful. <laughs> like, can you commit to this flirtation or go away? <laughs> Listen, like, are you committing to this or not? And so that can also be part of the insecurities because you're just not sure. Like, how do you trust mm. other people right. that you're dating when maybe several patterns have shown you you've had crushes on the wrong person maybe who hasn't been anything to you and that can cause a lot of insecurities as well so I'm you know, that, like, I'm like oh, oh shit <laughs> no well but I think the pattern thing is so right right and I think mm-hmm. and you know I'm so glad we have Dr. Yeah. Kate here because yes. often Trudis and I we think we know stuff but we're always like this, <laughs> this is where I'm usually like oh we'll just ask Kate but I can also, <laughs> I can also imagine yeah. too that like the the kind of the pattern thing also kind of the the self is very egotistical. So it's always mm-hmm. gonna look for things to confirm that it's right, right? So if you have, yes. if something happens once and you say, mm-hmm. I got rejected because I'm ugly, then it happens again, that mm-hmm. obviously anxiety is gonna keep believing it's true, but it's also the ego of the person that it's, it's, yeah. it's gonna wanna, it's gonna seek things out mm-hmm. that confirms what it's thinking. Exactly. We're always looking for evidence, right? So when I work with clients, often a lot of ask them, when you have that anxious thought of, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm all these horrible things. What I'm saying is like, okay, let's actually take a look at that and challenge that particular belief or thought that you're holding because where's the evidence? Where's the evidence that we can actually hold that proves this? Like we have a hypothesis, you're the hypothesis, you're attractive, you wanna hang out, you wanna go out with these people. And you're saying all these things, we need to find evidence for that because a thought can just be a thought and we're just giving too much of our time and our energy to it because of things that have happened in our past, patterns, whatever the case may be. And so it's really important for us, like, let's actually find the evidence for it because I will have clients sit there and try to find evidence. They're like, well, they like me, they ask me out, but then, you know, they didn't text me right away. And I'm like, okay, let's call that BS right now. They didn't text you right away, like, but you have a date set up, you've been talking. Mm. Are they in class? Are they doing other things? Do they have Do a normal life outside of dating you? <laughs> like, 
Chatrice, can you imagine if we had like Dr. Kate with us as we were driving like four hours, two hours to meet these men and be Oh my gosh. They didn't no, because <laughs> no, because I'm seriously sitting here and thinking, I'm like, well, but Kate, but what about I'm like, okay, like I can think about the Right, like you, I mean, it's so hard. It's so, it's so hard because like, even when, and this is actually really funny. So I finished up listening to the last week's podcast mm-hmm. um, and I was listening to it at work. And I, so part of the treatment for anxiety, just in general is low graded exposure. We got to like expose you a little bit so you mm-hmm. feel better and comfortable mm-hmm. in these really difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And I loved Luis when you were like, we're going to swipe, we're going to do this. <laughs> And I was just like, yes, exposure therapy at minus. I was like, that's all kind of stuff. Do it. So what means you really want therapizing me? <laughs> I was just like, I just, I remember sitting at my desk with typing notes being like, ooh, yes. Well, okay, I was very stressed about that. <laughs> and it's, well, and it's so tough, right? But Kate, I think you bring up like such a great thing. And Shatrice said the word therapizing, like Shatrice and I in friendship were really honest with each other about not therapizing. We were like, we got to go see other people. But I think, mm-hmm. I mean, this can come up in this conversation. We might have a part two to our conversation. Right? I think but so. I, thought, I think but so. I think, but I think too, like I, as a friend to Shatrice and Shatrice is a friend to me, I think we're both, we want to help each other through the anxiety. Yes. So in that moment of like, she's like just do it just do it just do it like are I guess my question is are we doing good by our friends by doing oh, that's that a good question. exposure or yeah. or you know like I, I, actually I'll just stop there yeah are we doing good by our friends by pushing yeah. a little bit or no I think that's a really good <laughs> did Louise ruin me <laughs> <laughs> did it ruin you you're still here today you're still standing um <laughs> you know I think I think there's a fine line sometimes because even myself as a therapist I have to be really careful yeah. about when my friends they seek advice or need support, right. like oftentimes I have to, I'll like naturally just be like, oh, I'm gonna do this, da, 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 da. but I like how my best friend Megan frames it. She'll be like, as my therapist consultant friend, <laughs> this is what she might need in the moment. And it's like really about maybe something more logistical in the moment. But when it's just me and her as friends, like she will call me out on my shit all the time. And sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna hear this right now. Mm-hmm. And she will be like, okay, well, I said it anyway. <laughs> but we have the kind of friendship where we can support that. Not every friendship is like that. So you right. need to find the friends that who can hold and give you the feedback and you can listen to it and you can hold it because not every friend is appropriate for that. Like sometimes yeah. you have some friends who think that are giving feedback and they're just being mean and that doesn't land well. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to know where your friendship is. And I think the two of you have built that. Like I've listened to the podcast and even one day I was listening to it with Ben. I was just like, we were in the bathroom getting ready for bed. And he was listening. He's like, they're just two friends chit-chatting about dating. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, cool, cool, cool. Right. And so I think Pretty it's much. super, right. I think it's super important to, to have that and to have the friend that can push you because if, if Luis didn't do that for you, if they didn't do that for you, what would you have done? You just would have sat in your anxious thoughts about swiping and doing all of that. And like, it would have exactly. still been on Marvin. Like, I would have never, would have, or Malik, exactly. or whatever his name was. <laughs> wouldn't have moved forward. And the thing about it is, like, are you truly ready to date? If you're truly ready to date, you will deal with the insecurities and the anxieties. You will find the people who are in your corner. You will go to therapy. <laughs> if you're not ready to date, let me tell you, like, I've had clients, like, if you're not ready to date, tell me. We don't have to do this work right now if you're not ready to do it. 
Okay, yeah. well, you know, okay, I have several follow-up questions here, Kate. Okay. Here's, so, my, favorite, here's my favorite Shatrisism. <laughs> Shatrisism, when you're chatting with her and she looks up to her left as if she's thinking about the counterpoints. That's always my favorite. That's when I know Shatrice has, like, something to say. Like, I've got follow-ups. <laughs> I don't know if you even realize that she's doing it, but she's a very particular Yeah, I thought. I was like, she's thinking, she's thinking. No, I don't necessarily, no. You know what? The power of being on Zoom and you seeing my face right here. So great. But yes, okay. So I want to back up to one thing you said specifically about being ready to date. So how do you know if you're ready to date? Because I listen to hella dating podcasts and just like all different types. And there's, I feel like in the um, dating expert world, like some people are like, well, you're never going to be ready. So like, whatever. And then some people like, no, you need to do self-work and, Others are like, well, people get married out of, you know, high school. They've not done the self-work and they're fine, you know. So what do you, like, how, you know what I mean? So, like, yes. how do you know if you're ready? Exactly. I think, I think, so I think there are some things that can be helpful in preparing you to be ready to date. And I also would agree with some of the dating experts and saying, like, are you, you're never fully ready. It's like, there's a bunch of books about being a parent and having a baby. When the baby arrives, you're like, well, the, the, none of these books tell me what I need to do with this child in the moment, right? To throw it out. <laughs> in this particular case, when I mean, are you ready to date? Are you ready to deal with rejection? Mm. Are you ready to Ooh. deal with maybe? Oh. <laughs> That's a good question. Damn. Right? Like, mm. I, it's an important question. Like, if you're not ready to deal with rejection, then are you ready to date? Because you will, that is part of the dating process is people saying no to you. You, are you ready to say no to people? Because sometimes you say yes to everyone. That. Is that really helpful? Is that serving you at all? So I think that's a really important question to ask yourself. Like you don't have to go to therapy to figure that out. Are you ready for the rejection that will be coming your way? Are you ready to turn somebody down? Are you ready to go on four dates and then say, you know what, this is not a good match and be okay with that and move forward. Those are hard things to do. That's, I mean, all of that beautiful gold. <laughs> like, I'm almost like at a loss because I'm like trying to process everything. Um, I've not gone to therapy in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, oh, let me like just soak it all in. But I think something you said that I hadn't, I have, but like, I definitely don't consider it as much is like the full scope of rejection. And so it's a matter of like you being rejected, but like also you have to reject other people. Like it's just, you're doing the rejection. Because even, even, I feel like I, maybe was sharing this with Louise at some point I was like oh like I was going back and trying to clear out my tinder like comments or um conversations or whatever just kind of starting from scratch and I was like oh there were maybe it was maybe like almost 50 50 of like conversations that I just kind of ghosted and conversations that other people ghosted and I I, was like, I didn't realize that like I kind of like mm-hmm. shut it down as much as I did but I'm like oh okay because like literally I was like why did I ever respond to this person or what you know and who knows like I may have had a reason or may have just had you know life happen but I was like oh but then I always felt like then I have that moment of like slight guilt I'm like should I like go back to them it's been like 13 months but like maybe I should just like say hi and I didn't mean to like ghost you like I get very I don't know caught up yeah, it's so clear. Like, it's so clear that you get so caught up because it's like, what well, goes to them and it's been a few weeks. Like, just let it be. Like, why are we going back to that? Like, mm-hmm. they don't care because if they really cared, they would have tried to contact you, right? And I think that, like, true, true. it's super important also to know what are you wanting? Are you wanting a fuck buddy? That's fine. I will support you and fucking whoever you want to do, whatever safety <laughs> means to you. I will support that for you as your therapist. 
And if you come into me and you caught feelings, we need to reevaluate what's going on here. Mm. Because it's like, okay, you're catching feelings. That's not what we signed up for. So do we need to <laughs> I will support whatever you want to do, but let's be real with each other in the moment about it. Because I think even, I've, I've even fallen into that. Like there was a guy in grad school, we were just messing around and stuff before I met Ben. And it was like, I caught feelings. And that complicated so many things. And so many of us did that in grad school that I learned that, like, first of all, I'm not ever dating or marrying a therapist ever. Oh. <laughs> he was a fellow therapist. How would that be? Like, <laughs> it was just a constant, like, analysis. <laughs> How are you feeling? Like, oh, and then I thought this, and I hear what you said. I was like, you know what? I just need somebody to give it to me straight. And Ben did that for me and he's in science and like, we can do that work together. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important because I, at the time, didn't realize how much it hurt to know that that person rejected me because they only saw me as a sexual being. They Mm -hmm. did not think as somebody that they could date because they went on and dated somebody and eventually married somebody. And I was like devastated for way too long. My therapist was great and really helped me work through that shit. Okay, I was gonna say one of the things I, appreciated and was thinking to myself like wow this would have been good to know is sharing your example of like you were dating this person who only saw you as a sexual being or in this one way but when another person entered the picture they were in a serious relationship and they got married I what I appreciate about that is thinking that people change and they're not constant right so just Mm -hmm. because you can't expect that they're going to want the same thing with everyone because mm-hmm. different things, you know, yeah. what's it called? Activate the different sensors of the self, <laughs> I guess, in yeah. some ways, right? Like some people, yeah. you're just like, yeah. And I think this is why going back to a very like early episode, I can't remember which one, like that's why I love applying queer studies to like dating and relationship because people think of attraction as this like, I just want to have sex with everyone. And it's like, mm-hmm. there, there's physic, there's aesthetic attraction, there is yeah. emotional, there's intellectual, there's mm-hmm. physical, there's sexual, there's all these things. And I think, mm-hmm. and someone may have been into you in this one way, but the way that you really wanted mm-hmm. looked really different. But we kind of take this blanket approach of attraction. Mm-hmm. And when we don't yeah. think about it as multi-layered, we get effed up, but for good reason, because we, we're not thinking about it as multi-layered. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like even our family units have the language. To right. Say that, oh, right? gosh, no. Like, oh, like, oh, like even love my parents. But I think like even when they found out that I lost my virginity, it was like, oh, my God, she's like the sexual being. And I was just like, it's more than that. Like, there's so much more to me than mm-hmm. that and my body. And like, I'm glad that I feel free to do that. But there are other ways that I can be attracted to another person and I think that when clients come in and say like oh I'm attracted to this person but not physically like there's something else about them that I really enjoy and I'm like let's explore that like it's super important for I think a person to know that about themselves I think that's why maybe Gen Zers are a little bit more open to dating Mm. multiple people at the same time millennials as well like I, I think I had to learn as a therapist how to sit with somebody who was like well I'm poly and I I need that to be affirmed for me and as somebody who's like a serial monogamist, I was like, that's never gonna work. Like, all these rules. And I learned that only because, like, this is different than Polly, but the first clients I ever had were in relationships with different people. And so, you know, to keep it confidential, like, that's all I can say. And I was just right. like, 
oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Because I have my mm. ideas about this. This really brings up my anxiety, but I had to support them in that kind of way. And I learned from that to go and do the work and kind of figure out like what other kinds of attraction are out there. What other kind? like not every, your partner doesn't fulfill every single one of your needs. I love Ben, but there are some things that I get from my friend, Megan, that I'll get from my graduate school friends, that I get from my high school friends, that I get from my cousins, right? Just like, we just provide people different things. And that's super important to know, because if you put that all on your partner and then one day they don't meet that, you know, like, Oh, you question the relationship. Who are you? (laughs) You can't provide that for me. And that's really upsetting because the partner's like, wait a minute, I signed up for all this. What's going on. And so I think that's a good point to bring up. Because I think there's always this sense of like, Oh, this person's always going to stay the same. No, we change. We want different things. And I think it was nice to see a lot of my friends stayed in graduate school because everybody wanted something different at different times. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we were able to support that for each other because it was a good time. And like, I, yeah. I will never give up the six years that I was there. I was there for four years for college and then lived there a couple of years afterwards. And I learned so much about myself. I learned how to let go of some of the anxieties I was holding. I found the right group of friends eventually that could support me and love me and see me. I think that's important. Everybody deserves that. Every, even if yeah. you don't go to college, you deserve right. yeah. to have a life experience where you move somewhere completely different yeah. and do the thing and figure yourself out, figure out how you want to date and like take the leap. Like the amount of risks I took sometimes I was like, that's a little too risky girl. Um, <laughs> and I will like never, I hope my parents never ask me about like, well, it's like, what were some of the risks you took outside of college? <laughs> I'd be like, Ooh, you don't want to know. Right. I tried to do my own taxes. That was <laughs> risky. <laughs> I was even looking at like some of the Instagram responses that people were like talking about, like, okay, like what are yeah. the dating anxieties that come up and the insecurities. And I was like, a lot of these things are based in our past. There's there's patterns. We've dated particular people that like mm. aren't good for us and then like keep showing up some way in a different person. And like what what yes. why the fuck does that happen? Like I like <laughs> I don't understand because you think you can change the person. You oh. think you can change the person. You come in, you're like this is the person that I like and then they act the way that they do and then you're like Okay, I can deal with this. They can change. They can change. And they don't. And yeah. get heartbroken over again. And at some point it's like, shame on you, team. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing That's this? You are also involved in the pattern that is occurring. For them I too, mean, right? Yeah. You're involved too, in the pattern. Yeah. 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 So like let's call it out and <laughs> figure it out together. Um, also, you have you have to t- at some point you gotta rip the bandit off. Like I said, mm. the best treatment for anxiety is low graded exposure. So even if it's just talking to somebody for a few weeks before you go meet up with them, fine. But eventually, are you going to meet up with them? Not in the panorama. Mm. I get it. Like, let's right. not, I'm not in condoning that. Thing. Yes. But I think if we weren't in this, like, okay, you're just going to talk to them forever online. That's what you want. Cool. But like, let's be real about it. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that because I'm thinking of a particular person that I talked to for, I don't remember how long. And it was like, um, we talked, stopped, like he tried to reach out, didn't work, but then like reached out like a year later. Mm -hmm. And then like, we like kind of picked it back up. 
but literally in all of this time we never met and I'm very very Mm. pro meeting like I do not Mm. like to prolong the online piece like I want to make it real life because it doesn't to me dating doesn't feel real until we've actually like seen each other in person like it just Mm. I could be talking to anybody whatever and the the reason because my therapist of course asked me like well why did you keep talking and I was like well okay the reason why I kept talking to him or I gave him like a second chance was in part because he was like down the street and I was like this has to happen like he's down the street I date guys from like two three hours away and they'll come drive up here like okay like let's go on a date and this negro was down the fucking street and literally was like well you know uh like but then he was like you know well I'm with my friends and so I'm like you don't have anxiety about going out in public like you we literally work at the same place how have we not gone on a date we work within the same like community we're almost always within a couple miles of each other but like he he talked to me about you know or he shared with me like his his struggle with anxiety and like he you know was working through that you know I was like you know blah 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 do you have a therapist and he was like yeah I don't know that he went to the therapist a lot but um it, it seemed like at times he was like trying to work on it but I like I went back and forth and Louise knows like I was like I don't know if I'm being an asshole like should I be more understanding but I'm like literally I I don't usually talk to guys for this long without meeting them like I'm trying like I because I know he you said like dealing with anxiety is about like starting at the low risk or like a low bar and so I remember proposing that we, not marriage, but proposing that we go like <laughs> out to dinner or something like that. And he just was like, yeah, that just, you know, that feels so formal. I was like, oh, okay, lunch? Like a, yeah. a meal when the sun's out? Like, I don't really we're know what getting, else is We're just getting a burger. Like, right? right? Like, we're just getting a burger, not making a baby. Like, we're not doing any of these things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. And the first time around, he was like, kind of that whole same thing and had all these excuses and I was like okay you know I can't do it because he was like well you're you know you're just like out here being successful what does that have to do with anything and then once we met back up again this was like earlier this summer he's like well you know I just I don't know like you're like buying a house and you're like doing x y and z and I'm like mm-hmm. oh okay so it's always gonna be something like so I can't mm-hmm. be great because mm-hmm. you can't handle me being great but yeah I just I didn't know like I was just trying to be a jerk about it, but I was like, this is exhausting. And like, yes. I was getting my hopes up and nothing ever came of it. And I was like, so how are you any different than any other guy that's out here? You know what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. Tell me. I, think, I mean, yes, I think you bring up some, so when somebody else has like even social anxiety or generalized anxiety, it makes it dating really like this higher stakes kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even when people are in relationships with folks who suffer from anxiety or managing it, it can be really hard because yeah, you don't you don't want to come off as the jerk or the mean person. You're trying to understand, but like this is like even more so it seems like there was way more work that that person had to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to therapize them, but like it even sounds like there maybe have been some insecurities that were coming up about like who you were and how you were doing and what you were advancing. And maybe I think sometimes in heterosexual relationships and men, and they see a woman like super successful doing their thing, it's intimidating to them because they're wondering what can I provide? And we've Mm -hmm. never asked the question to a man, to a hetero cis man, (laughs) well, maybe you don't have to provide. Mm. What is it that you're looking to provide? what can your partner provide for you so that way both of you can have equity 
in the relationship and you haven't learned how to do that. So bye. Like <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that. Like that's well, so fragile. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh my gosh. And let's be real. Like I'll just, you know, feminist, black feminist, I'm here womanist. Um, but I have a, a pretty substantial list of ways that a man can take care of me. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm out here doing yeah, it. I can fair, get down on the wall and do my thing. But like, I, I can participate. Mm, I am very independent and it's one of the things that I pride myself on, but I would like to believe that I have the ability to let someone take care of me. And it doesn't always come easy. Like it doesn't always come immediately. Yes. But I've been in situations where I'm like, oh my gosh, I really enjoy being taken care of in this way. And so of I'm like, course. you just out here assuming because a bitch got into hundreds of thousands of dollars in, you know, debt slash investing into this house <laughs> that like, I have it all together. But I'm like, no, like I still Nobody. want partnership. Like what? Exactly. Yeah. Nobody has it all together. And like, yeah, the same thing is like, I'm an independent woman. My parents taught me to be that way. Like I'm going to do my own thing. And then Ben walked into my life and like, he his thing is that he likes to make his own breakfast and so when we started dating and I would spend the night at his house it was like I'm making you breakfast and I was like you're not making me breakfast you don't know me like I'll make my own breakfast (laughs) he was like to respect the fact that I'm my own person and I yeah. do my own thing and I think that's so good for every partnership Ben still makes me breakfast every morning oh my god it is, it, is a thing. it is a thing and I feel very fortunate and lucky now when it comes to dinner when he comes home and he's like are we doing this together are we taking turns like it's a, it's a different story which is good sure. because then, you know like we're both kind of engaging in this but he understands that I am my own person he is his own person and that's really important for the relationship and there are times when when like I realized when we first lived together um before I moved out to the mountains um he he does laundry and I was like hey you got a fucking winner (laughs) when I was like I need to tie this down and it was weird (laughs) because you know who also does laundry was my dad Uh, my dad did laundry and like for me, oh. I love that. And it was just like people, people were like, you always marry your parents. And I'm like, no. And then Ben is doing laundry. And oh, I'm gosh. like, shit. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that <laughs> stuff. That's that's how he is. He gets really anxious about making phone calls sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like I don't like talking on the phone very much, but if we can kind of figure out a way that I can encourage him. And sometimes I have to do it because he can't. I can see it in his eyes. I can see it in how he mentions it. And it's like, it's heartbreaking sometimes. Like, ooh, like you, this is a a struggle for you. And I have to respect that as your partner because I love you. And that was hard for me to learn because I was like, you need to be just as independent as me and do all these things that I do. Hey, you are uh, you are speaking my language. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like that audience attendance and academic conferences. Be like, I have a comment and a question, but really it's just a comment. But no, uh, but I I also like my partner has very similar anxieties as mm-hmm. Ben, and I'm very similar to you. Where I'm like, like, go get this done, go get this done. Like I'm very like this, but I know it comes mm-hmm. from like 
my family background where we just did and like yes. you, you got it done right and so mm-hmm. I have had to learn mm-hmm. and I think you said it beautifully and I didn't think about this like accept the person for who they are and recognize mm-hmm. that nothing has to happen my own way and I feel like I realized that I think it took something outside of dating and relationships where I wasn't in control to then mm-hmm. be like oh bitch you have no control <laughs> in this whole life right? There's something very traumatizing to happen for me to realize Mm -hmm. that. And then it was so easy just to like, let things go. Now, of course, there's a side of my brain where I'm like, okay, now you're just letting things go because that's also part of your upbringing and you just Mm -hmm. have learned to be accommodating, Mm -hmm. right? But again, I have my, um, that's my question to a therapist, but not to you. Um, (laughs) I I would agree, process that in therapy because I think it's a good question. There's a question on here, like, can you like basically date somebody who has anxiety, like, how do you go about yes. doing that? And mm-hmm. you can, you definitely can. And it's, it's, it's patient, it's knowing yourself, it's something that you can kind of be like, okay, where can I intersect? And these are the things that I will just have to do in the relationship. I'm not accommodating, these are just things that are going to support my partner. And where can I push my partner a little bit more? Like, mm-hmm. for him, sometimes it, it's out of a place of frustration. Sometimes I'm like, you have to do this. Like, this is frustrating to me. And I have to be like, he's like, I'll blame the the behavior first and then I have to pull back and say like I feel really frustrated when you don't do this because it makes me feel like you don't care and he has to be like I do care I care a lot about you but like this is really difficult and I'm like okay like this is good and I think because I'm a therapist we can maybe do that I can't (laughs) say that everybody else can but it's, it's something to consider and think about because like even if you're the person in the relationship that has the anxiety or has the depression, right, or, or something else going on, trauma, whatever the case may be, that doesn't make you less worthy. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve to find love and have the person mm-hmm. in your life. It's just that you have to find the right person who's your match. Yeah. Who will see you and love you and and Ben loves me for all of my like weird planning quirks and <laughs> I was really proud of him the other day when he said you're being annoying right now and I'm like okay <laughs> thank you Whatever. for your honesty <laughs> and I was like that's all brutal there um now <laughs> here's my question does Ben have a um biracial cousin that's gonna be at the wedding he's like maybe Not- looking for a- another thing. Uh, okay, I'm going to be really honest with you. So my cousin Richard, and I might send him this podcast. My cousin Richard, from what I know, is single, is a medical doctor. And I have thought about this. I have okay. thought about this. And let me say this, as Shatrice's best friend, Kate, we need you to come through. Because sometimes the, these people in Shatrice's lives, Listen, be like, I, I have this friend. Knows. I have this friend. And like the guys, like we, like we need Richard to like commit. Like, yes, through. this is also awesome. yes. so. I, I will, thank you. I will, I, will see where, I will see where he's at. I will see where my yes. is at. We haven't seen him. He lives in Long Beach, which is not far away, but we haven't <gasps> seen him. He's busy, you know, saving the world. I oh, don't need any reason to come to California. And, you know, um, and if I was to come in, I would only come for a doctor. So that way they can like vaccinate me or whatever, and I can be <laughs> safe and be all, you know, Definitely. naked on the beach. There'll be a few Richard. other single people at this wedding in 2022 that will probably still be single. So. Yes. I mean, the look, only a limited amount of special people are finding love in this pandemic. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of folks will either be coming out of relationships or like ready to get into relationships. So I'm here for it. And I would like to 
specifically request to be sat at the singles table because I feel like I'm never sat at the singles table. I'm oh, always you at, were talking. You were talking. Yes, to I'm always at like the I'm always at like the I'm always at like a, a group. So it's like the grad school group of people, the yes. sisters group. And so I'm never at a table with strangers who are straight men who are single as well as me. <laughs> this is helpful for me. This is very helpful. You're thinking about your seating shot. I'm just saying. Right. I, I love it. I love it that we'll show up to like Kate's wedding and it'll be like Shatrice at a table of eight with seven other guys. And then like Luis will be all the way over there. But next to the jollof rice. So I am happy yes, about this. Shatrice has her men, I have my jollof rice. Like, we'll be okay. There you go. There, there, We're satisfied. There, there you go. There will be lots of, like, you know, <laughs> there, if you're looking for a sugar daddy, there may be some opportunities as well. I don't know. I thought I'd no. aged out. Like, I didn't know I was no, you have not. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Okay. I would, let's just, so I think, you know, someone to like engage with uh, physically um, yes. at the wedding weekend, I would like a sugar daddy for sure. Yes. And that's so like, you know, like dating, dating. That would be my ultimate dating. We have, I think we will have some options. Listen, if my wedding is the place that you find the love of your life, that will make me happy. Oh my God. I mean, okay. And all I want to do in this life is make you happy. <laughs> Well, yes. then in that case, but let me, I'm going to, I'm going to like call out Richard and be like, yo, are you supposed to go? Like, what's just, you know, like, asking like, for a friend. Okay. We could literally talk to you all night. Um, oh but I, Louise I is like trying to be an adult and like have an actual bedtime. And I'm like, <laughs> Trying not to like tear my house down, like as you can see all around me. Please um, do not fall in any other holes. I told that as a so she fell in a hole and he was like, in her house? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, what's oh, happening? She fell in a hole, she's in the hospital. And he was just like, this feels like their dad was a carpenter. So I think when he was like, What do you mean she fell in a hole? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, I asked myself, what is this new guy <laughs> fell in a hole? Like it's a very bizarre life that I've lived these past couple of weeks. So yes. I get it. Yes. But okay, so Kate, if you can leave the cuties with one piece of advice when it comes mm. to dating, anxiety, and insecurities, what mm. would your advice be? I think my advice would be failure is inevitable. People will constantly change. And if you don't take the leap or don't find ways to take the leap, you're not going to be ready to date. So I want to encourage you to do the work, whether that's in therapy, with your group of friends, with dating coaches, whoever that that might be. Take that risk. Do the thing. Know that you will be okay. It happens all the time. And that you are worthy and deserving of love and care, whatever that looks like for you. Every person deserves that. I want that for every person. And so sometimes you just got to take a little bit of a risk. Know, know if you're ready. If you're not, like I said, maybe reevaluate. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would leave. And if you have access to therapy, I will always encourage somebody to go start that work, whether it's self-work or things from your past. Like if you have access to it, do it. I will say, cuties, reflect on all of this goodness that Dr. Kate has given us and be sure to keep it cute and court with confidence. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all, to another episode of Courting in Color. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-C-O-L-O-R. Or email us at courtincolor at gmail.com. Head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Court dismissed. Bye. Bye. Work. Vogue. Work for me. Vogue.